look at that. It's Rugby Ran Had Banner, episode 166. It's fucking great. Hi Sheddies, it's me, Eddie Stevens. I'm in my shed at 11.19am, my time, on a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday bloody Sunday, so you know shit's serious. It's Rugby Round Banner, episode 166. Let's go. Okay, Shetties, um, yes, I'm doing this on a Sunday, probably the earliest in the week I've ever recorded Rugby Ranta Banter because, well, for a couple of reasons. One is I want to record it before I listen to other podcasts because I don't want them influencing the way I think, the way I feel about uh, the England team right now um, and the result. Um, and secondly, I don't want, um, I want to get, my opinion out before anyone else does in case they have the same opinion, okay? Uh, I don't want it to sound like I'm copying anyone, but I doubt that I will because I doubt anyone is going to have the same um, the same feelings that I do after this Calcutta, as I once called it, the cal- Calcatastrophe um, that was on, that, that happened yesterday. Now, first of all, I've never, I don't think... Well, it's been years since I've felt as negative and angry as I felt at the end of that match, mainly because we should have won. And we nearly did. And when we didn't, I picked up a chair and launched it across my fucking bedroom uh, and freaked uh, freaked my girlfriend out. Um, she said that she was a little bit shocked that I threw a chair. And I said, I was fucking holding back. If you hadn't been here, that chair would be in a thousand pieces right now. And God knows what the rest of the room would look like. I was so fucking angry. That being said, I've never felt more split. Um, uh, in terms of my emotions are all over the place when I think about that game and where England's at. First of all, it is a disaster. Or is it? It's a disaster in the sense that it's Steve Borthwick's first game in charge and he really, really, really needed to win that. Forget about how we played. Forget about, you know, the pros and the cons. We just needed to win at any cost. That was the ultimate. And it was, I think he said as much. And everybody has had that attitude. We don't care. We don't care about, you know, anything. We don't care about building for the future. We don't care about the World Cup. We don't even care about Italy next week. Um, We only care about getting this win and beating Scotland because we've lost to them. Now it's three three years in a row, I believe. Um, And like I said, I'm all over the place about it because on the one hand, I don't... We still, at least I still, kind of have this hang-up on how things were in the sort of early, late 90s, early 2000s, where Scotland were just a bunch of little bitches and we just spanked them routinely. Every now and again, 
they'd get fired up and it would be if it was wet conditions they'd frustrate us and they might get a little sneaky win but it's not that way anymore it, and and it's it goes deep if you look at the way that um the english the, the premiership teams perform in the european cup plus the south african sides um when they play against scottish sides when they play against irish sides and welsh sides we're not significantly better in fact we might be a bit worse than them so we're in a real we've got a real predicament just in terms of the quality of our teams right and it's tricky because you look at the players this is this is i think this is why we have this mindset i'm i'm projecting onto you now you might not have this mindset but i go into every match against scotland kind of going well they look like a good team they look like a solid team but if you look at our players on paper there's virtually no one in the scottish team that you would switch out for because our players are bigger, stronger, faster and just physically superior almost right the way from, you know, 1 to 23. Um but evidently what we're learning is that there is much more to international rugby or even just top level rugby than how athletic how how than than how impressive your your players are physically. Um even their skills aren't the be-all and end-all. There is something else that makes teams good and makes them win. And I suspect with England, the issue is mental. And it's probably linked to what I'm talking about, this mindset that we are somehow better than teams like Scotland and we should win. And I think that that's kind of the English arrogance thing, right? That the that the Celtic teams talk about and it benefits them. So when Scotland plays us, even though we've lost two years in a row and now it's three years in a row. So next year when we play them, we should be in a position at, well, of course, this depends on how we are playing over the next year because we might radically improve. And I suspect we will more on that later. Um, but just based on the history between the, the recent history between the two sides, we should go into that match as severe underdogs. We are shit when we play Scotland. We cannot beat them. We cannot beat them even when we're twice the team they are. And even when we outperform them in every single area of the game, except defense in this case, more on that later. Um, we, we just can't beat them, so we should go in as underdogs, but we don't. And let's be honest, we all expected an England win. We didn't, we, we, again, I'm projecting. I personally was very confident that we would win. I was very confident we would win because, again, on paper, we have the better players, not all the way across, you know, the, Scotland have some really good players. And to be clear, when I saw that Scottish backline, announced i went oh shit we could be in big trouble here but i was very very confident because i thought we had a really good team a better team than then than than them and i really believed that the new influence of steve borthwick just having a new manager brought in and a new fresh start and nick evans controlling the back line i expected that this would be to be honest i expected to win by 12 points i expected a sort of 24 to 12 win something like that and to be honest, it should have been. And so I'll just cut to the chase. As I said, I'm, I'm caught in two minds. I'm emotionally all over the place. On the one hand, I'm devastated that we lost and it's completely unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. We had to win. We, and um, 
to lose to them again is just horrific. And I was furious. But I was mostly furious because, as I said, we should have won. We should have won. We were the better team. And listen, I'm not going to pull a fucking South African fan move here. It's kind of a principle of mine to never blame the referee. You know, once it's over, it's over. And it's not all because of the referee. But I will say just once and then I'll let it let it go. And yes, I'm biased. Okay. And you can go ahead and accuse me of being full of shit and being a bad loser. But with a better referee, we would have won that game. There was just too many times that I mean, do you know what summed it up for me was the brilliant Ben Earl steal. Uh, I forget late in the second half where um, let's see, I got notes for this. Uh, yeah, uh, 66 minutes into the game. Uh, absolutely radical, a, a super important point in the game. I think at that point we were slightly in front. I wish I'd put the score down because I can't remember. We were either slightly in front or slightly bef- behind, but it was in their half or at least close to the halfway line, somewhere around halfway. Ben Earl, who was brilliant when he came on, by the way. Um, and a, num- a number of England players were really good. I'll get back to that. But Ben Earl came on, looked significantly better than Ben Curry, who I think he replaced. Um, to be honest, looked better than all the back rowers that started. Um, maybe he didn't replace Ben Curry. I think he might have replaced Don Brandt, didn't he? Um, but... Uh, Comes on, kicks some ass, looks so hungry, looks so determined, looks so difficult to stop, does a brilliant turnover, and the referee penalizes him. And it was shortly after that, I believe, Scotland scored. Um, so just that one bad call from the referee cost us the match, but it wasn't just that. It was, I found most of the first half, I found myself going, am I just being biased? It feels like he's reluctant to penalize Scotland, and he's almost, he almost seems like, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Christ. Well, enthusiastic, let's say, to penalise England. He seemed to relish it. Um, and again, I do, I really do sound like a Razzy Rasmus style cunt who's a bad loser. It doesn't matter. We lost again. But I want to say something. While it is a disaster, to lose our first game. First game of the Six Nations. First game with Steve Borthwick in charge. Um, I will say this. That performance, when you just, all, all around, the performance by England, at least in attack, was the best I've seen, seen England play for years. That was the best I've seen them play. I thought the tactical kicking was brilliant. It made great territory. They managed to keep possession really well. They had a number of players playing really, really well. I thought Ellis Genge was amazing. I thought Sinclair played a lot better than he has in a while. I thought Ollie Chesham was brilliant. Lewis Ludlam was really good. Um, I thought Marcus Smith was fantastic. Um, I thought Owen Farrell, and none of you are going to be happy about this, I thought he was quite good in attack and defense at inside center. It was just his kicking, goal kicking, that really let us down, let himself and us down. Um, Max Malins was incredible, as was Freddie Stewart. I saw somebody say they thought that Freddie Stewart was really overrated. I thought he was brilliant in this match. And the and the the missed tackles, his missed tackles, you know, they were difficult tackles. 
not all the tackles that were missed leading up to Scottish tries were, were difficult, but he was always the last line of, of defense sort of rushing across and getting stepped. And there's not a lot you can do about it at that point. Um, but we looked more coherent and more, more like there was a, 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 an intelligent game plan. And if we can just lose our egos for a second, I know we all said winning matters, every game matters, and it does. But we might need to just for a second go into Eddie Jones mode and say, you know, as long as we're improving and building, which we will, this match won't matter. It matters now. But if we go on to beat Italy, and then I forget the order of the other matches, but if we beat, I mean, I'm going to say something insane. I believe we will beat Ireland. And I don't even know if we're playing them in Ireland. I believe that we will gain momentum. And the, the, the little things I saw in that match show me that we have what it takes. What am I talking about? We're not going to beat Ireland. Jesus Christ. I literally lost my, my mind for a second there. But we might. We might. So basically, if we do, um, just remember, I told you so. And if we don't, I said, I, just remember, I never told you so. I never said that. I said we might. Okay. But if we win, I said we did. We would. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about the negatives from the match. Uh, uh, I'm going to be jumping all over the place because I'm still pissed off about it. That's why I wanted to get this out so soon. Um, the reasons I said earlier, didn't want to be influenced by other people's opinions, uh, wanted to, you know, get my take on it out before anyone else does, if I can. Um, the fuck was I saying? Um... Well, I've lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was trying to say. I was trying to tell you why I wanted to get it out so soon. Uh, I think I was saying that I'm all over the place because I'm still a bit emotional about it. I'm still a bit fired up about it. And it's nicer to do a podcast, a rugby podcast, where I feel this way than waiting till Wednesday or Thursday when I've kind of calmed down and forgotten half the shit that was bothering me. Um, so positives. Um, I think the scrum was okay, wasn't it? I don't remember big problems. You know, I don't give a shit about this. As long as we're not getting penalty after penalty after penalty in the scrum, I'm okay with it. And I don't think we were. Lineouts were a bit shitty. What what happened there? Um, I said I was going to say the positives, didn't I? Um, I've mentioned the players that I thought played well. I also thought when Ollie Lawrence came on, he looked... I mean, it was a brief appearance, but he added something. God, he definitely looked he looked big and physical and difficult to stop. And I really, really hope he starts against uh, Italy, um, even if it's at Joe Marchant's expense, because I thought Joe Marchant was a little bit quiet, to be honest. It's just one game and he's quality, but I thought Ollie Lawrence was um, just looked like more dangerous when he came on. As I said, our attack was very good. I mean, the rugby brethren, which is, you know, people in my twitter rugby chat and well just them actually but rugby brethren if you're listening to this you're part of the rugby brethren aren't you for fuck's sake um but my rugby twitter chat everyone was shitting on the marcus smith owen farrell combo and it was all very doom and gloom i thought they i thought they were quite good i thought that we moved the ball quite nicely wasn't perfect, but I definitely saw an improvement from when uh, Eddie Jones, you know, the last couple of seasons under Eddie Jones. Um, I didn't feel like when they basically when we moved the ball, we looked 
quite dangerous. We didn't look like we didn't know what we were doing, which has been the case in the past. Um, and our pack looked really good. Uh, basically, here's, let's move to the negatives. The reasons we lost the game. One, the referee, for sure. Played a part, right? Um, two, I thought I have big issues. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast or if I just made a note of it and then I forgot to say it. But I thought um, Jack Van Portfleet, who did look good, he looks he, he's quick, you know, and he's and yes, I did notice a difference when ben, ben Youngs came on where he slowed it down a little bit, as we have complained about for years. But Jack Van Portfleet, one of the first things he did was an unforced error, another knock on at the base of a ruck. And I have noticed, and this is the thing that I'm not sure if I've said before, but I believe I have. I feel like it's a big flaw in his game. He makes costly errors. Um, and I haven't watched enough of him at Leicester to know. I'm sure if you're a Leicester fan, you'll probably just disagree out of, um, you know, a protective bias anyway. But I want to know, like, is this part of his game? Because it seems like it is. And I really, you know, I don't think Ben Youngs is the answer. I'd rather have Van Portfleet starting, but I think Alex Mitchell... I'm not going to say if Alex Mitchell started, we would have won, but I don't see him making mistakes like that. Um, to be fair, I think it was just that one mistake, but there, no, I think there was another one somewhere along the line. All I know is I'm not confident about Jack Van Portfleet at nine, and I'd rather have someone like, shit, I was going to say Little Harry Randall, but he's not the best example because Little Harry Randall offers a lot with his candle, you know? Um, there's a... Uh, but I'd almost rather have just a passing machine, a passing and kicking machine who offers no threat in attack than someone who makes these errors, you know? Um, again, Marcus Smith looked really good, really confident. Like, I I don't know what the everyone else is talking about. I thought he looked, is the best we've seen him in an England shirt. And it, at times, maybe he didn't get the support he needed, which you could argue is because he didn't have a big inside center next to him. Someone like Andre Esterhazen, you know, <laughs> not that we have anyone like that, but I still think Ollie, um, Ollie Lawrence could be the answer at 12. People keep, I keep hearing people say he's not a 12, but I've seen him play 12 and look brilliant. He's looked better at 12 than at 13 when I've seen him. I don't see what the problem is. I don't think he would have a hard time playing 12 for England. I really don't. Um, but I was listing all the negatives, wasn't I? So, so referee. Um, Jack Van Portfleet, a little bit error-strewn, his performance. Um, I don't think we can blame Ollie Hassel-Collins for having no effect on the game whatsoever, but Max Malins was busy as shit and looked great. And I really love Ollie Hassel-Collins. I wanted him to start, but I'm not sure we'll see him start again next week. I, and I'm torn between whether or not I want him to or not, because on the one hand, it would be nice if Borthwick gave him another chance um, and just put that down to, you know, it being his first game. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be too upset if he slotted in uh, Anthony Watson, you know, or or um, uh, fucking Christ. What's his name? Tommy Freeman. I wouldn't be too upset about that because I just don't think he really offered enough. Even when he had the ball, he had some opportunities and he kind of just ran into people, which is not really what we wanted him there for. Not not that he's not good at, you know, making physical contact, but 
I would have liked to have seen him a bit more enthusiastic and dangerous around the edges, um, taking people on the outside. And he did, don't know if it was his fault, because I felt like, I can't remember exactly what happened, but at one point, at, at, at a turning point in the game, I think, he ran the ball into contact and gave away a penalty at the breakdown. But I suspect, I seem to remember that actually I felt like a Scottish player was off his feet. when he, I, Who gives a shit? Anyway, um, Owen Farrell's goal kicking has not been great. I'd love to see the stats actually on this, but I feel like he used to be a player that you had confidence in from anywhere that he kicked the ball. And lately, I expect him to miss to the point that I felt like even if we scored, how much did we lose by in the end? Was it eight points? Whatever it was, we weren't going to win with just a try. We needed the conversion to either... We were either going to tie the game or lose the game without the conversion. And when we went for the line out, I felt like, well, we're fucked because even if we score in the corner, no way is he making that kick. And you don't want that. We need a proper goal kicker. Would Marcus Smith be a better better option kicking goals? God, I wish Elliot Daly was fit. Could have won that game with Elliot Daly, to be honest. We might have, um, with his long goal kicking, and uh, probably would have been more influential than Ollie Hassel-Collins. Uh, anyway, would have, could have, should have, right? Um, but the biggest issue, of course, with this performance... The main reason that we lost, and probably the the only real standalone reason for why we lost, was our defense. Now, what's-his-face is now in charge of defense. Uh, I literally can't remember his name right now for some bloody reason. But um, everybody talks about how great he is. But if that was the best attacking performance I've seen by England since the World Cup, which I think it was, just in terms of cohesion of the attack... It was possibly the worst defensive performance that I can remember from an England team. Now, when you know when Van der Merve uh, scored his try, you kind of have to put that down to just individual brilliance because he beat five English defenders to score an incredible individual try. That was one of the all-time great in- individual international tries. Certainly between England and Scotland, it might be the best ever for an, an individual try. Um, it was so good that I kind of enjoyed it. I had to. I thought that was bloody amazing. Um, but as but the rest of the game, there were just too many times where we looked completely open um, on the outsides. Like, we just didn't look remotely safe in defense. And there was a couple of tries. A couple of those tries were just absolutely unacceptable. Especially the one where I forget exactly who it was or what happened. I think it was Ben White, the the English... Scottish scrum half, picked the ball up at the base of a ruck. Ben Curry missed the tackle. Now look, sometimes great players miss tackles, but I felt like that was an unacceptable miss. He had to make that tackle. And then I don't know what the fuck happened. There was nobody there. And that was the problem. There were too many times where, you know, every area of England's game, we looked like we had a plan and we looked super efficient and uh, except in defense we just it looked amateur there was just nobody there too many times and there were too many individual missed tackles now why the fuck did that happen is it because of the coaching who was our defense coach before i can't even remember now but it's going to have to improve we're not going to be 
any team in the Six Nations with that defence. It was the difference between winning and losing it. It was awful. Um, and I don't think it's down to players because if you look across that team, they're all experienced. I mean, if you look along the back line, um, Marcus Smith, people talk about him being a bad defender, but again, that's just sizeism. They just decide. And the fact that he's so good in attack that he must be bad in defense. I think he's very good in defense. And he actually put in a lot of important tackles. Owen Farrell actually probably didn't have the best defensive game I've seen him have in a while, you know, ever. Um, Ollie Marchant, again, I barely noticed him. Um, but, but the point I was trying to make is Farrell, Marchant, Malins, Stewart. Um, some people have questioned Stewart's defense, as I said earlier, but I don't have a problem with it. Also, how great was it when he ran over the Scottish uh, <laughs> Scottish player, Tuipilotu, is that his name? Put him, Sat him down. It was beautiful. I thought Stewart played really well in this match. Um, and again, Everyone played well. There was nobody had a terrible game against Scotland. I, I'm just looking through. But I'll tell you what I was unimpressed with. Other than Ben Earl, the substitution, Ben Earl and Ollie Lawrence, the substitution substitutions made basically no difference, especially in the forwards. It was a huge downgrade. Mako coming on did nothing, really. Maybe he didn't have that much time, but Ellis Genge to Mako was a, felt like a big drop to me dan cole came on and did absolutely nothing it's not really a good I, I i don't really like the idea of bringing dan cole off the bench i don't feel like i don't feel like that's it's certainly not a big impact sub and i did i felt like when ben earl got penalized it looked like dan cole started yelling at him like he fucked up which was even if he had fucked up dan cole needs to shut his fucking mouth i don't think that's helpful um and also, Dan Cole, shut your mouth, save your breath, because Ben Earl contributed a hell of a lot more than you when he came on. I think they came on at the same time. Um, and then Nick Azikwe came on, and I don't remember noticing him do a bloody thing either. So Ben Youngs came on and slowed the game down. Anthony Watson didn't really have an opportunity to do anything. Uh, I can't remember anyone else, but definitely poor substitutions. Didn't do enough. Um, but overall, I'm just really pissed off because we should have won. We really should have won. Um, and I'm utterly sick of uh, being twice, having twice the team that they have and still losing. Um, oh, a bit more about the players, though. I do want to say um, Alex Dombrandt had some great running lines, but it was not the best day he's had with his hands. But he was certainly picking great lines, I thought, in that match. So... Um, Honestly, I think there are way more, as I said, I warned you, didn't I? I'm all over the place. But I do think there are way more positives than negatives from this match. And I think you just have to shut up at some point, right? And I'm talking about myself. I have a tendency to get very negative um, after, after England losses. But I think we just have to understand that it's Borthwick's first game in charge. You would have hoped that that would have had a galvanizing effect that would have seen them through to victory but that was a very very um experienced uh, settled scottish team you know and i think if we played them five times we would have won three of them um and at least one of those wins would have been by a lot because if we could have just had a little bit more luck with the ref and if we'd have been a little bit better drilled in defense 
it's a very different game. But as I say, if we can keep improving, which I think we will, we could have a really, really fucking good team come the World Cup. And don't forget, France, that everyone's sucking off 24-7, thinking they're favourites for the World Cup, um, they could have had... I mean, they... You know, Italy should feel the way... I mean, I didn't watch the whole match, but when I was watching the end of the match, they blew it. They should have won that match. And France can feel very lucky to have won. And if they'd have lost that match, what's worse? Narrowly losing to to a, a, a solid Scotland team? Or narrowly... Or, or being beaten, narrowly losing to Italy? Like, Italy, don't get me wrong. Italy will probably beat fucking Scotland now. But the point is, France could have been in... Could have had a, a worse loss, arguably, than England have had. I doubt everyone would have said it's the end of the world for France. They'd have said, "Well, they fucking well." You know what people say? They always say, "Well, that's France, isn't it?" So they get that get out of jail free card. England don't have it. I don't know. I think England. What they need to do is figure out what the fuck went wrong in defence. Try that. Try to fix that, and then figure out what is going. I feel like mentally, we've just got to a point where we have all this talent. And that with that talent comes expectations and with those expectations come pressure. And I don't think we can handle the pressure. I think that the England team needs to go into these matches almost with a, hey, and it's funny to say this because I would not have been saying this um, a few weeks ago, but now I kind of feel like forget the result, like concentrate on the process, try to have fun. And by the way, winning is fun. So if you do this right, you're going to be having a lot of fun when you win. But we need to go into this without this feeling of we should win, which I think is weighing heavily on the players. Um, too much pressure. We need to be just go out there, express yourself, work your fucking asses off for each other, and then the result will come. I think. I'm a bit worried, to be honest with you, that we replaced one very... Um, What's the word? Christ, here we go again. My brain my brain damage is affecting the podcast. <sighs> Can't think of the word, but basically safety first. Um, fuck me, I hate my head. I can't think of the word. You know what I'm trying to say. We've gone from Eddie Jones, play, pragmatic is the word I was looking for, a very pragmatic game plan to another coach who plays a very pragmatic style. I think maybe we'd have been better having someone more creative in charge. And I wouldn't have said that a while ago. I'm, it's easy to say with hindsight, but we are where we are. We're at where we're at. Hopefully, Nick Evans stays in, in the setup and he's able to have keep influencing the team and we can get to where we want to be. But I'm running out of time. I've got to go. That's... All I have to say on the matter, follow me on Twitter at Eddie Stevens with an extra S. Follow me on Instagram at Eddie Stevens Massive and I've got to go. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Oh, also my YouTube channel, find it.